they hate And I know better than to listen to the people who are calling us names I can feel the sun Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, and this is episode 623 of the Lots Project podcast, and it's titled Do the Twist, and I'll be chatting about the Indiana Bell building, signs of civilization, and I definitely forgot something, probably a little bit more, uh, not forgetting something in the show, forgetting something to bring on the road with us, I discovered yesterday. But first, let's check in with co the coffee crew, see who's hanging out, grab a cup, and hang out for about an hour. What's up? Good morning, good morning, good morning. How we doing? Oh. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Pip, uh, Pip, James, and K-Bonk having a nice conversation before the show rolled up. And then, uh, and then, uh, got a little, got a little, uh, chauvinistic there at the beginning, at the end, Pip, and, and Rachel put you in your place. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for babysitting, Rachel. I appreciate it. <laughs> good morning, Pip. Good morning, James. Good morning, K-Bonk. Uh, Backwoods swinging in. Good morning, Hunter over on Twitch hanging out. Good morning, Mike, the Philippine nomad swinging in over from the Philippines. Thank you. Um, <laughs> to Chris Dixon, <laughs> good morning. We'll get, we'll take 11 tangents to get through two things. I don't know. I think I'm going to hit, I think I'm going to hit everything. Um, I'm going to hit everything on the list today. <laughs> Gingerbread says I forgot a winch. I didn't forget something that I wasn't, I didn't know that I needed. Um, Backwoods Butcher was saying that it. Uh, I likely forgot extra mustard. And good morning, Jim. Good morning. Thanks for uh, hitting the walker, getting out to the the chair, and joining us for the morning. Did you fire up the Apple IIe to uh, to log on to the show this morning, or what? What are you viewing us on? Oh, all right. All right. What is in the cup? What is in the cup this morning? I have some of this wonderful pour over Pam, the Peruvian prude. We, uh, we named, uh, Pam, the Peru, the Peruvian, the Peruvian light roast, uh, that I'm having or any Peruvian bean. I think that, uh, we settled on Pam, the Peruvian, um, it's good. It's good. Second or third, second or third press out of the bag this morning. And uh, it's it's solid. It's solid. I haven't tried any of the I haven't tried any of the FTO blonde in the <laughs> I haven't tried any of the FTO blonde in the Peruvian yet. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Chris Dixon says Chief Yellow Face is talking on the box. <laughs> Kyle says, stop making fun of my internet advisor. I appreciate you, Kyle. I appreciate you. At least you don't at least you don't make fun of me to my face. Only uh only offline. <laughs> or online in other places. Oh, all right, all right. Well, before we get to the, the Indiana Bell building, too ethnic. <laughs> Jesus. 
I can't tell you guys anything. I <laughs> I can't tell you guys anything. Now Rachel wants a t-shirt with Chief Yellow Face on it. Oh God. Hey, thanks, Corey, for suggesting I tell that story. Oh God. Oh, all right. Anyway, I uh, I skipped the Daily Stoic uh, thought the the last couple days. Uh, not in not for any particular reason. It's not that I wasn't. Um, it it's not that I, <laughs> it, it's not that I was uh, not reading it or or didn't find it valuable. It just didn't fit in. But this morning I wanted to uh, to drop in yesterday's Daily Stoic thought. You can pick up the Daily Stoic in uh, in the link in the video description, audio description from Amazon. It's a daily uh, daily meditation um, revolving around Stoic philosophy. It's really good. It's really good. Ryan Holiday did an awesome job with it. I'm really enjoying it. And um, yeah, yeah, I I, I I see no reason why I wouldn't do it for the whole year and probably continue on again and uh, and start over next year. But anyway, yesterday's thought <coughs> was about um yesterday's thought was about not necessarily having to be on top of everything um not necessarily having to uh know every current event happening not having to watch um not having to watch every new TV show, not having to watch every minute of news broadcast or uh, know every political wind blowing that happens or, you know, it really, really dialed down to the, the circles of influence and circles of control conversation. Like, does it change the temperature of the pool in your backyard? No, then it's not worth your energy. It's not worth... Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it's not worth expending the energy uh worrying about it because what difference does it make and we went down the road of you know i i felt like we've become accidentally um accident accidentally prepared accidentally insulated from a lot of stuff that happens and it really affords me to uh, uh, uh to just ignore a lot of stuff but it happened. It started happening a long time ago when we quit watching TV, when we dropped, um, when we dropped direct TV, when we went to um, to over the air antenna. And then when we moved to our farmhouse and we couldn't get over the air antenna and um, <laughs> and we uh, we just didn't watch TV at all, except for uh, the the occasional old movie on Netflix or Amazon. And not even new movies. We were just watching stuff that we kind of knew that we liked. So, um, yeah, it saves a lot of brain power when you're not arguing. I mean, I used to be that person. So I, I am, I'm telling you from experience. I'm not telling you, oh, don't do this. Don't do this. It, it, like, I was that person. I knew every news story, every political conversation, every uh, every TV show, every sporting event, every stat. And then I stopped and it was fantastic. So just a thought, just a thought. Pip says his copy of his copy of the book was on his desk this morning. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Hunter says, then how am I supposed to have my daily dose of ex existential dread as existential dread? Um, 
man, I got plenty of stuff I can send you daily if you need something to read to make you scared shitless. Um, <laughs> James wondering if their current events happening. Chris Dixon, uh, Chris Dixon weighs in with 10 feds gather, gather <laughs> around a monitor watching a homeless guy talk about mustard. Sounds like government to me. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you, uh, uh um, <laughs> comparing my, comparing my, <laughs> comparing my show to government. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, that was daily stoic thought. Uh, if you want to pick up that book, you're, you're welcome to follow along. I probably, if I'm going to talk about something from the book, it will be from the day prior. Uh, so yesterday, January 30th was the passage that I just talked about uh, because I read it after the show. I don't uh, I don't get up and dive in before the show. That way I can uh, set it in and kind of stew on it for the rest of the day and see what comes up of it. <laughs> Jim says mustard is code. Clearly <laughs> mustard is code. <laughs> Definitely mustard is code. I love TikTok. Uh, the code on TikTok for um I think they've come up with the the code having cereal for um, smoking dope for uh, having salad. Uh, I think I think I've heard multiple people reference it as um, fill, filling my bowl and having some cereal. <laughs> Pip says he's got his homework done early. Perfect. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I try to talk about it every day when it's relevant. I, obviously, it's all relevant. It's making it's making sense. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how many people, uh, read the book or enjoy the, uh, the stoic thought. Anyway, what, uh, what is on the list today? The first thing is from yesterday. I want, I carried it over because I find this shit interesting. Um, I, it was one of those and today is actually, today is actually one, two, um, two of the, two of the topics today came from Facebook. Like, it, it just happened. Like they were suggested posts. They were posts of, uh, of friends on there forwarding stuff, uh, along to their page. And I, I found them interesting. I dug in a little bit and they were actually interesting. So, you know, Facebook isn't all bad. I'm sure they, uh, they, they tracked what I clicked on and I'll, I'll get uh, 8 million of the same thing. Now it's not that interesting, but I thought I would bring it to you. Uh, the first one was the Indiana bell building. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, uh, it's no longer there from what I understand. It, it eventually was, um, it eventually was destructed, uh, imploded and, uh, is no longer there. And there's a, a large building where it stands, but an interesting thing happened back in 1930. So this is what we're talking about. 1930. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. Um, see if I can pull it up a picture of it. This isn't the best picture, but this is the article I'm going to reference. Uh, where do I got to hit it here? Um, so this on the screen, if you're watching the video is the Indiana bell building and you can see that, uh, kind of semicircle to the right of the building. And, uh, there was something interesting going on here and it just, it, it struck me as amazing. So we're talking about 1930 and it, and this, this, this really, twists me up a little bit for a lot of things that I think about, um, like going to the moon in the sixties, 
um, going to the moon in the sixties, going to, um, going to, you know, just, just different technological things that we accomplished a long time ago. And then we look around today and, and wait, what, how, how was that accomplished? So this building that I started looking into the Indiana bell building, I'm going to drop it off because I got to scroll on here and you guys probably can't read the text on there anyway. It's a short little uh, short little story about this building that they were going to. So what was housed in here was the headquarters for um, Indiana Bell Telephone Company. So this is where all the operators worked and all the interchange and things like that. So they were going to um, demolish this building and build a new one. And at that time, one of the architects that designed it, Kurt Vonnegut Sr., Kurt Vonnegut, uh, the name might sound familiar because uh, Kurt Vonnegut Jr. actually was the author. If you've heard of him, this was his dad. He was an architect. He uh, he said, "No, we're not going to we're not going to demolish this building and and put up another one. Let's turn it to fit where we need it." It happened to be built in the wrong in the wrong orientation in the wrong direction. They needed to turn it. Uh, if they turned it, they were going to gain the the space that they needed to uh, to put more buildings with it. <coughs> so they have a uh, an eight story, eleven thousand ton building, and basically they put together an operation with some engineers and a. Uh, and a moving a moving company like a, a construction company, and they moved this building fifty two feet and rotated it ninety degrees. So in nineteen thirty, they basically picked up an eleven thousand ton building and moved it and then rotated it. So that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive to me. They used they used seventy five ton um uh hydraulic jacks uh oregon big oregon fir timber trees as rollers they they uh they specially sourced those brought them in to do this project and so that's pretty impressive the more impressive thing to me was they didn't close the building while they did this they kept the building open Everybody went to work every day. They had a rotating, um, flexible entryway that moved with the building as it rotated. And it took about 30 days for this to be accomplished. And no one missed a day of work. The employees said that they didn't even feel the building moving while they were working on it. They didn't lose gas, sewer, water, electricity the whole time. Uh, basically we're moving the, the building three eighths of an inch, three eighths of an inch with every six strokes of the, the hydraulic jacks. So they ended up moving. Let me see. I want to get the number right. I want to get the number right. They were moving the building three eighths of an inch, uh, three eighths of an inch with every six strokes of the jack. And it would move 15 inches per hour. Talk about a project. Talk about a project. 
Chris Dixon says, when men weren't scared to do the work and OSHA's head just exploded. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like, I'm thinking about this. Like, I've moved some shit. Like, I've moved some stuff in the factory work I've done. We've moved, like, lots of big equipment, uh, big to me. And then I see, like, uh, see, like, these mega ships or stuff like that. Um and I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's really big stuff. Like, I wonder I wonder the logistics of uh, of moving that stuff. I believe that's mill writing, isn't it? Is uh, is like moving. Would that be considered under the millwright profession? Um, moving equipment, things like that. I can't remember what that what that would be called. Um, we used to hire in people a lot when when it was out of our scope. Uh, Rewilder Life says that I thought putting the casters on the canning shelves and moving it without breaking one was a big deal. Yeah, they, they had 600 people work every day while they moved up 11,000 ton building and rotated it 90 degrees. <laughs> moving and rigging, right. I get that, Jim. Um, yeah, I know. But is that, uh, would that be under the, the Millwright umbrella? Oh. I don't know. I know there's big money in it. I know there's big money in it. I I uh I remember what we paid to have a new boiler brought into one of the places I was working and it had um it had to go in an elevator and basically there was less than an inch clearance um on all sides. A to get it in the elevator door and then it had to rotate in the elevator. And there, there, there was no height clearance, so they had to use these super small um, slide under casters. It was, it was pretty impressive, and um, <sighs> it was pretty impressive. And then I saw the bill, and I was like, "Well, it should have been impressive. It definitely should have been impressive." So yeah, that I mean, I read that article, and I was just like, I just kind of sat and pondered it for a second uh rewilder life said without computers and but they weren't as smart as as us then i don't know i don't know like what happened what happened that made it so i we wouldn't even try to attempt this today and is that because it's cheaper to knock it down and rebuild it in with the shitty construction methods and the and the shitty construction we do is it not worth saving something and going through the effort of moving it for 30 days or is it that we just don't know how to do it? not that we don't know how to do it we don't have the will to figure out how to do it or the desire is it a throwaway society that we can just like trash it and rebuild it I mean, they did it with the towers. It's cheaper. Yeah. Back in the 30s when they made things worth worth saving. <laughs> Dave says the building would fall apart today. <laughs> Back in the 30s when it was worth rotating a building 90 degrees. Mike Homestead says, "Doubt the cost. Doubt, doubt the cost on liability insurance would allow you to do it." Bingo. And Dixon says, "Regulated ourselves out of doing stuff like that." <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. 
it makes a lot of sense that um, no one, no one was hurt. No one missed a day of work. They didn't even know the building was moving, but because of regulation and cost of uh, cost of insurance and things like that, that we can't, we can't even consider doing something like that. Weird, weird. I don't know. I like it. I like it. I like reading stories like that. Uh, it makes me uh, makes me ponder the old days. And was it better? Was it better? I mean, 1930. What was going? Nothing was going on in the world in 1930 that they that they could take the time to sit back and and just ponder moving a building. Mike the Homestead. Mike's Homestead name changed from MSU Rifle. I know, man. I I uh, I guess that. I uh, I I uh, I put that together. <laughs> put it together. It's way easier to read than MSU Rifle. <laughs> You're gonna make content about Homestead, <laughs> probably because of the name. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Hunter says, I don't know if the regulation thing is true or not because they move historical houses. Uh, moving a house and moving an 11-story building, um, moving a house somewhere to preserve it, and moving an 11-story building in 1930, just like 52 feet and rotating at 90 degrees, I, I'm guessing is different. Um, and the historical houses are actually built to withstand that we had three of three three six ten like a dozen historical houses in the town i grew up in and uh man talk about that stuff chris dixon said must have been an office full of women if they didn't even notice 15 inches a day it's 15 inches an hour <laughs> like can you imagine going into work and you like you park in the, you park in the parking lot and you walk in and you walk back out at the end of the day and you're like facing a different direction and you're like where's my car <laughs> oh man um uh, sorry guys i was reading that um interesting anyway that uh that was the indiana bell building if you want to read more about it there isn't a whole lot about it out there it sounds like sounds like eventually they used it for another like 20 years and then they tore it down so like all the shit all the shit that they did all the shit that they did to move this and uh and make it happen then they just ended up tearing it down later so yeah that's life that's life um what else what else is on the list okay the um yeah chris dixon said hit that like thingy kids kids friends um the the next thing that i had on the list was uh posted by a friend on facebook the indiana the indiana bill bell building actually was a suggested post so that was that was a uh, spot on facebook facebook got it right on that time guys they got it right for sure uh the next thing on the list was a story uh shared by someone that I um, shared by someone that I knew growing up in New York, uh, a little older than me. And um, always has some interesting stuff, always has some interesting stuff that he's thinking about pondering or, um, or reading. Uh, 
but he posted something yesterday let me see if i can um that was a picture sorry guys um i had this all set up and then this morning things kind of went sideways so it just took me two seconds to pull it up here because i want to read it and and um i don't know uh -uh. sorry riveting riveting show here when uh when i can't find my stuff all right and i'm gonna pull it on the screen you'll never be able to read it. it's very tiny but they're talking about talking to an anthropologist uh anthropologist margaret mead and um she was doing a class and she was asked by a student what she as an anthropologist considered to be the first sign of civilization in in, in culture um and the students all expected her to come back with, um, you know, fish hooks, tools, uh, things like that. Um, <laughs> uh, tools, um, you know, just things, things, physical nature like that. Um, they were very surprised when she said that the first sign of civilization in ancient culture was a, a femur, femur as in uh, the thigh bone, the, the largest bone in the human body, a femur that had been broken and then healed. And I... <laughs> I... Uh... I said, wait, and I stopped for a second. I thought about it. And do you ever, do you ever, you see something like this and it, it is a long post. So you know that they explain why, but do you ever stop in the middle of something that and like, try to try to connect the dots? You guys, uh, can you guys connect the dots in the, in the comments there? Why a broken femur, why a broken femur that's healed? would be a sign of civilization. I uh, I thought about it. I, I did some other things. I thought about it some more, and then I came back to it. I saved, I saved it as a picture. I saved it as a picture. Um, yeah. It was the fact that in nature, in, in nature, in animals, in, in packs and, and, uh, just natural beings, human. Yeah. Human femur K bonk. Um, it was a healed fracture. It wasn't medicine. Gingerbread says the can't run the lions would eat you. Basically. Yeah. Basically. Yes. It was, she felt that the first sign of civilization was a healed femur because it showed that someone took the time to take care of the person. They couldn't run away. They couldn't run away from a lion. They couldn't gather food. They couldn't, um, they couldn't roam with, uh, with a tribe if they were a hunter and gatherer or a, a nomadic tribe. They, they had to take, it takes a long time to heal. Pip says the time to heal, the time to heal. The fact that someone took care of them, provided food and shelter and protection for them uh, in nature. 
if so if a lion breaks its leg if a gazelle breaks its leg it, they just leave it the weak are are consumed as as food dixon says so someone cared for another and that shows civilization it shows the progression from natural hierarchy and uh, what happens to the weakest in a natural order and that they they cared for them um not that they cared for them, that they liked them enough to do it. Well, I mean, I guess there is that. But that, that they provided all the the necessities of life for them. Because a broken femur isn't... You can't, like, hobble around on a broken femur. I mean, I guess. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um, it, it got me thinking. Like, all this shit is nice. Uh, the Indiana Bell building. Pondering that. Now, what would you rather think about? Sleepy Joe and how, how how much he pisses everybody off and how what flavor of ice cream he's having. What's going on at the Texas border? Uh, what's going on in Israel? What's going on on The Bachelorette? What's going on on Survivor this week? Um, who's going to... How many times are they going to show Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl? Or do you want to ponder what really classifies a change to civilization in a culture or how in the hell did they move a 11 story or 11, uh, an eight story, 11,000 ton building 52 feet and rotate it 90 degrees in 1930. Hunter said, did the Super Bowl happen already? I don't think so. Super Bowl, is that another weed reference? <laughs> I'm going gotta to fill my Super Bowl with cereal, guys. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to turn on some Taylor Swift. <laughs> Pip says, animals protect their packs. By, protect, by, by, getting, rid of the, by getting rid of the weak. By leaving it behind uh animals don't don't bring along the injured they leave them uh, i i experienced this many times with rabbits the 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 kits that were half alive or sick or not going to make it the mom would just or they were dead already stillbirths mom mom or rabbit would eat the eat them like completely consume them uh, and it's basically so that they don't rot in the in the nest and attract predators. James says, wait, the Jews are fighting the Muslims. <laughs> Did you miss it in the news, man? It just happened recently. <laughs> what? What? Backwoods Butcher says, I think now that I have a social media presence, I'm going to apply to be on Survivor again. Don't make me watch Survivor. Don't don't make me watch that. It was bad enough 25 years ago when it came out. <laughs> I can't believe it's still on. I can't believe it's still on. Man, I need to cut my hair. Holy crap. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Shiny thing. Shiny thing. Um, anyway, so that I thought both of those things um, 
<laughs> I thought both of those things kind of really tied in well with that stoic, uh, the, the stoic thought. And it's been over a, a couple days. And it's it's amazing to me with the daily stoic back to that, uh, back to where we started. Um how much it ties into already what's going on. Kyle, Jim says Kyle needs to get on naked and afraid. Who doesn't want to see him blurred out? They'd have to shave him in order to be uh, be required to, to blur him out. <laughs> but the Daily Stoic, I, I pick it up and it, it, it routinely routinely on a daily basis will make me think of something that I'm already pondering. I'm already, I'm already working on. Uh, I don't feel like it's a ton of new stuff. It's just, it's really, really focusing in on, on what matters. <laughs> Dixon, Dixon, have you, have you, Chris Dixon, have you gone and visited Kyle? He says he's like a Sasquatch, no blurring needed. If you go, if you join the, the meet the critters, um, meet the critters telegram group, you can scroll back and see a, a picture of topless Kyle dancing at a wedding sober. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. I thought those, um, I thought those, those tied in. Um, wait, holy crap. I didn't know this. Let's get this on the screen. Kyle said, I was going to, I was going on naked and afraid. I was going to be on the North Dakota episode, but my oldest was going to be born while I was naked in the woods. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> uh... Oh wait, he was strip teasing to Pony <laughs> when he was half naked at the at the wedding reception. <laughs> Good morning, Pickle Pete. How we doing? Uh, we're drinking. Um, we're drinking Pam pour over Pam the Peruvian prude this morning, and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. You've missed a, a lively discussion about the Daily Stoic, uh, the Indiana Bell Building. Uh, what? What determines uh, the dawn of civilization in a culture? And uh, Kyle, naked. <laughs> You're welcome for the recap. Um, so what uh, what did I forget? What did I forget for our, uh, to bring with us? Um, Corey and I really went down a long path. It was probably too... two years ish really really determining what we wanted to bring with us <clears throat> what we what we wanted to um what we needed to bring with us what we wanted to downsize what we had room for um multi-purpose things we really took a long time uh, first in a planning stage and then in a purging stage and, and then in a final decision, uh, a final decision stage uh, when we when we were really packing up and getting ready to sell the place and leave. We didn't keep a storage locker. We didn't keep anything like that. We 
we we brought what we could with us and uh, weight and size were our, our pretty our limiting factors we've been very happy with transition minimalist um life since we've left we've purged more things we we've gotten rid of more things we've determined that uh we have probably the happier we are uh we we really are, are are liking the the idea and the concept of of living with not living with less just not accumulating shit um so i i've been pretty good i uh we've been on the road for a year and a third now a year and a quarter somewhere around there and I can't think of something that I was like, I I picked it up, I looked at it and decided to, to not keep it. And then I needed it. Like there were things that we've needed to, to pick up, but they weren't things that I threw out, donated, sold, things like that. And then, um, and then needed. We had a big honking printer and scanner and all that. Like we bought a printer we bought a more appropriate printer when we needed one. We brought, bought a small one that fits and the store is easy. So like that, that, that was something. But I can't recall in the last year, over a year, the something that I picked up and I was like, or I, I went to grab and I didn't have it. And I was like, you know, I really made a bad decision and threw this out. James says a winch. I didn't have a winch on my truck at home. I had a winch on my four-wheeler. And until you mentioned it, I never, I never, I never even considered it. So no, not a winch. Yesterday, yesterday, I I I, I took all those packages that UPS um that UPS dropped off. And uh yeah, Hunter, I have it on my list. I, I hopefully get to uh, get to the news about UPS. <laughs> Go rolls right into this week's conversation, but anyway, I uh, I was opening and doing videos on all the new stuff I got. One of the products I got was aftermarket Starlink gear, so I got a uh, a longer extension cable that has the the Starlink um, the Starlink ends on it. They're like a proprietary end, I guess not anymore. Somebody somebody scanned it with a three D scanner and printed them out and know what they're doing now. But basically, it was a Cat6 cable with uh, proprietary ends on it. Well, this company came up, uh, figured out how to make the ends. Uh, and so they sent me out a, a long cable. It's longer than the one that came with the system. They make them up to um, they make them up to 300 feet long. So that was cool. The other thing they sent me was a conversion kit, adapter kit. So that you could take your own Cat Six cable, or you can use a high-end Cat Five. They say uh, they say just for stability and speed sake, uh, you use high-end Cat Five or Cat Six cable. But basically, you can plug this cable into these adapters, and it adapts to the Starlink ends. So now you're not you're not um, beholden to Starlink to buy their cable if something happens. Uh, if you want to use it for some uh, some different installation applications, uh, adding routers or switches or things into the system, you can still now use um, regular Cat6, which is super cool. Um, it might not be a big deal if you don't have Starlink, but they really um, 
they really take advantage of you on buying the, the, their equipment when there wasn't any other option. So this company had approached me. They sent stuff out. I was excited to get it. It looks quality stuff. It looks, uh, it doesn't look janky at all. And not, not, um, not to say that you couldn't cut the Starlink cable and resplice it, that you couldn't put an RJ45 end on it if you wanted and, and use that for those application purposes. It is basically um, Ethernet cable with specialty ends on it. So you can cut it if you know what you're doing. Um, the majority of people out there aren't going to do that with a $100 cable, uh, a $200 cable. Cut the end off it and splice something else on. So... I got the packages. I opened them up. The stuff looks really quality. Uh, I knew I didn't have a, uh, a cat six cable. I knew I didn't have a cat six cable and I wanted to test the product appropriately. I wanted to use it to their specs. So I didn't want to use like a cat five with, with, uh, to, to test it. Like I want to give it a fair shake if I'm going to use it. So I ordered a uh, I ordered a Cat six cable. I ordered a flat cable, thinking that that would work better getting it through like um, the different places that you can get it in through the camper wall, uh, basically in the in the it, next to the slides is a place that you can feed a cable through. Some different places there's a there's a gap, but. A round cable probably wouldn't work. I uh, so I went with the flat cable. They're pretty cool. They're easier to store. They roll up nicer. I, I think that flat cables are really nice. Uh, they don't coil up. They just roll up. Uh, I started using them when we were when I was uh, service tech. Good morning, John Palmer. Thanks for swinging in. Um, and so I started testing the stuff. It, it looks really cool. It comes with a waterproofing kit, so it's, it can be used in uh, indoor and outdoor because obviously the dish has to go outdoors, so your cable is going to be outside. The connection is going to be outside in the winter or in the weather. And, um, yeah, I picked it up, and I looked at the waterproofing kit, and basically, I don't know if you've ever used them, um, but... It's a, it's a collar that goes on it, and there's a little rubber grommet that goes around the cable. And as you tighten it down, it squeezes the rubber grommet. Well, the rubber grommet has a round circle in it, and when it squeezes, it's meant to squeeze around a round cable. So I bought the wrong cable, basically. My fault. I There's no reason why I would have thought about that. I mean, there is, uh, if I really dove into it. But anyway, regardless, I bought the wrong cable. I was like... All right, no problem. I can't do the testing on that. I can still do the testing on the, the whole cable they sent me, not just the adapters. I'll order up a, a new Cat6 cable. I'll return the one I got, no problem. But then I got done recording all the videos of the products that I had, and I was like, well, I could really do a demo on, uh, I could do a demo on these waterproofing kits, how to, um, how to put together the, put together the whole thing because it could get confusing. Like I have, I'm lucky. I have a lot of experience with them from um, my tech job, from my maintenance jobs. We used a lot of those things. Um, we used a lot of those in my industry. So I'm familiar with them. They, like I looked at it, I knew exactly how it went together, but I could see that people ordering this, might not understand how how they go together how they work so i was like oh i'll just do a quick demo video it'd be perfect so i went inside and i started looking around 
uh, isn't a bulkhead fitting? Nah. I don't think it's a bulkhead fitting. It's a water seal. It's a water, a water, um, a waterproofing. Would it be considered a bulkhead fitting? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I went inside. I started looking through my cables. I started looking through everything. And I'm like, I got to have a patch cable. If you don't know what a patch cable is, it's like anywhere from a foot long to a, a five foot long Cat 5 or Cat 6 cable with an RJ45 end on it. Ethernet, the big one, the one that's a little bigger than the, the telephone, um, looks similar. And so I uh, I started poking around in my stuff. I'm like, I know I have one. I had hundreds of these things when I was a service tech and on the farm. Every piece of equipment comes with one. Um, you never use them. You just throw them in a pile. And it's called a gland. Thanks, K-Bonk. I couldn't pull that out of my uh, out of my butthole. I couldn't pull it out of my gland. <laughs> it must have been it must have been cranked down too tight. I couldn't pull it out of my gland. Uh, anyway, I, I looked and I looked and I looked. No cable. No, not one RJ45 fitting anywhere in in the camper. I found my my bag of cables my cables of cables, my bag of, of just random cables. I had USB-A, USB-C, USB micro, 16 different types of, um, 16 different, um, I did. Chris Dixon says, Brian goes minimalist and keeps a box full of random cables. I have, it's not a box. It's a, uh, it's a quart size, a quart size um, Ziploc bag with them all coiled up real nice and uh, with cable ties and everything. And they're all stacked in there. And the thing is like literally packed so tight that I think if I put anything else in it, the sides would bust out. So I pull all of those cables out. Um, USB a USB C USB micro USB mini um, fucking magnetic connections, uh, weird proprietary and all sorts of shit not one i got regular telephone cable in there what the fuck am i going to use a regular telephone line for uh not one rj45 connector or ethernet cable of any type in that whole bag and i'm like what the hell why 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 would i not have that and so I, I'm like, this is this is infuriating. So I went outside and did some other stuff. And I'm thinking, I'm like, there's got to be some place that I have this. I empty the back of the truck, which needed to be done anyway. I, I was like, oh, I got a storage tote in the back. I got I got extra shit in there. I know I got a, another bag of cables or something. Cleaned out the back of the truck, pulled everything out, found my tote. Didn't find my tote in the back of the truck. Realized I'd put it under the under the camper when we put the skirting on for uh, just some some uh, more room to to haul wood. Didn't find it in the back of the truck. Found it under the camper. No no RJ forty five. No cable. Nothing. And I'm like, what blew my mind? Blew my mind that i don't have an rj45 cable i i like i'm not overestimating 
when I say I probably threw away over a hundred when I cleaned out my van on a regular basis. Like they were every part for a gas pump that had an RJ 45 connection, which was a lot of them in networking in a gas dispenser. You wouldn't think of it, but um, every part that had a RJ 45 Jack came with a patch cable. So every time I installed a part, I don't want to say every time. 98% of the time I, 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 I installed a new part, the cable was good. And so that just got tossed in the van. Tossed in the van. Might need it. Might need it. Might need it. And eventually the pile got so big, you just throw them away. I also had them at home. I had cables upon cables. I had I had a, I had a box of uh, 250 RJ45 cable ends and a, and a cable tool to make my own fucking cables. None of it. I got none, none, none. I don't know. It blew my mind the first time. I mean, I guess for the first time in a year and a half, I found something that I didn't bring that I that I needed, and I really didn't need it. Like, I can still, I can still make it work. I'll go to Walmart. I actually contemplated uh, they've been putting fiber in around here and it's not turned on yet. And so they've uh, they have all the drops to run the fiber across the street to uh, to, to the, the residences on the other side of the street. And uh, there's a few of them on our dog walk. And I was literally um, thinking about opening up one of the boxes and see if there are any patch cables in there either borrowing one if it was hooked up, like just remembering what it was plugged into and taking it and putting it back the next day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, James says I have a pack out box with all my cabling stuff, RJ 45 coax, etc. Um, Hey, what is the what is the the technical name for the the telephone cable jack, the smaller one? RJ45 is ethernet, the larger one. What's the what is the um the cable end for a telephone line connection? I don't remember what that number is. <laughs> Somebody in the audience knows. Kbong says USB cables. Everything's going to USB. Everything. Um, and actually, in my shopping cart to pick up right now, I have a USB voltage tester. <laughs> Dixon says telephone cable. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking up a USB uh, voltage tester, which is going to be really cool. Uh, one of the products I got yesterday was RJ11. Is that serious, Jim? Uh, I figured, no no wonder the old guy came up with the old school telephone connector. <laughs> um, uh, one of the other products I got yesterday that I was testing out is a little combo pack. It's a, a 15 watt solar panel, portable. It's pretty cool. It seems pretty durable. Basically, it folds up into the size of a little tablet. Uh, and when you open it up, you can like hang it on a backpack, hang it in a tree. Uh, and then I also got this mini little lantern that uh, charges from that. 
and uh, has a little uh, battery bank in it. Uh, it'd be great probably for a bug out bag. The combo itself would be great. Um, it'd be great for uh, a bug out bag, a camping pack, things like that. Um, the lantern itself or the lantern and the the lantern and the uh, mini or the solar panel. But I was really I'm curious what um, what kind of power that actually puts out. The output from the panel is either USB-A or USB-C. And I was like, I don't know how to test the output voltage on a USB port. Thanks, John. Confirming uh, the RJ11 telephone plug. I, I kind of knew that in the back of my head, but uh, I just couldn't remember. I haven't used them enough. I was wondering how to how to test the voltage coming out of a <coughs> is on a uh, coming out of a USB port. So I started looking into it. I started looking into it and it really it it's interesting. Like the cables in the port the cables in the um in the usb cable there's data and there's power there's several there's several wires uh sounds like maybe six to eight uh depending on the cable or on the usb cable and what it's designed to do some are designed for data only some are designed for data and power uh some are designed for power only uh, and it really depends on what's hooked up so uh in order to 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 um to measure the power output it sounded like i'd have to cut the cable and find the power lines um find the two power uh the two power line the two power cables inside the the whole cable and so I went on Amazon. I, I uh, did a little did a little looking, and man, for like twenty five bucks, you get this little power adapter, or this little adapter, and it basically has USB A in and USB A out, USB C in, USB C out, and um, you plug it into your port. You put it in line, basically. So I would plug that into my uh, solar panel output and plug my lantern into the adapter output and then it just reads the inline voltage it reads voltage it reads um it reads amps it reads everything it's really cool um kbong says an oscilloscope that is basically the other way to do it so i'm going to spend the 25 bucks and get the digital readout um digital readout uh, display this thing is is cool for for doing some troubleshooting for doing some testing um i'm going to use it to do testing on stuff i have uh to to do videos and content but it would be a little handy device to have around uh to test cables that's what they're on amazon for you know when you got the usb cable and it just doesn't seem to be working anymore your charging cables or your connection cables you can um you can grab this and plug it in and really really decide if it's uh, worth holding on to it so i'm excited to order that up and do a little testing with it it's in my amazon cart once i grab it and make sure that it works as it should um 
I'll probably throw a video out or uh, links or things like that. So that's on the plans. That's on the plan. Dixon, have a great day. Chris, have a great day. I appreciate you hanging in and, uh, and, and contributing to the comments. Um, let's see. Let's see. Got Blackbeard Firestarter demo video out. If you guys didn't see that on the YouTube channel, be sure to swing by in, uh, and check that out. Basically open up a package of the fire plugs, uh, check out what they look like, go through the instructions, uh, and, and use one real quick. I'm going to do a lot more, uh, product demos for that. Um, um, on the different ways to use them, how waterproof they are, things like that. But this was just basically open it up, grab one, and see how easy they are to use. And it was super easy. So check that video out. Uh, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. I think uh, I think it'll probably be a pretty good relationship uh, between between my brand and theirs. I think we could uh, we could do a solid um, a solid stroke of business. They got some really other cool products. I'm looking at um, either ordering up or see if they'll send me out. They got some windproof lighters. They have um, some other survival stuff. Uh, John Palmer says they ordered some of those. Awesome. Awesome. Um, eight plus channel data and Intel that a car uses in a matter of seconds will scare the shit out of the problem. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, anyway, I didn't get to my uh, my medical IPO that I saw yesterday. That uh, that will go on the list. Um, oh, John Palmer says great video. I appreciate it, John. I appreciate all the comments on the video, man. I I really uh, it helps for sure uh, with the the SEO and getting it out there. And um, yeah, I appreciate those every day, man. Uh, K-Box says, have a great day and treat your gland well. <laughs> I got to get my cable first. <laughs> uh, anyway, tomorrow we'll be talking about a new uh, medical IPO that I looked into. It popped up on my Robin Hood. I will definitely share that tomorrow because as I dug into the webpage, um, expecting to find just more pills and more prescriptions, I was surprised with what I found. I was definitely surprised to what I found, and I will share that tomorrow. Um, yeah, guys, if there's anything else you want, if you want to talk about a topic, if you guys want me to talk about a topic, if there's anything you want me to bring up, you can always, you can always uh, email me, send me a message on Telegram, or send me. Um... <laughs> Send me, send me a message on Noster, Facebook, any of the socials, through the website, anything. If there's uh, if there's something you guys want to check out, John Palmer says, "As a guy without a cable, a guy, I felt less of a man. I felt like less of a man when I couldn't go to my cable bot, my cable bag, and pull out a goddamn Ethernet cable." <laughs> so. 
Anyway, guys, I appreciate you all listening. If you enjoyed the show, it's always free to hit that like and share and subscribe. To return value for value to me, please consider joining one of the YouTube membership tiers or listening on any value for value platform like Podverse, Wavelake, or Fountain.fm. Visit thelotsproject.com to find more information or find all my links. It's hump day, guys. Try to get over that hump. Once you're over it, it's on the downhill slide to the weekend. Make it a productive day. Remember what the Daily Stoic said yesterday. Hey, you don't have to stay on top of everything. Ignore the news. Ignore the media. Ignore the glitz, the pop culture, and all that, and focus on things that are going to make your life better and that will actually affect you today, tomorrow, or going forward. Have a great day, guys, and we'll catch you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.